This episode of Cut the Crap Podcast is brought to you by Modern Earth Web Design. The way you interact with your customers has changed. Traditional forms of marketing, they're not as effective as they once were. Are you doing enough to keep pace with your competition? The folks at Modern Earth Web Design are experts at online marketing and can help you lead the way in your industry with active blog and social media management, ongoing search engine optimization, and targeted pay-per-click campaigns on Facebook, Twitter, Google, and more. Visit modernearth.net to set up a no-obligation consultation to see what online marketing can do for your website and your business's growth. That's modernearth.net, solutions for an online world. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calajuri. What is going on, my friends? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast. Really means a lot to me that you guys are uh, sticking with me through some of these difficulties that I've had over the past couple days here, uh, losing my laptop, losing all my files, and um, I'm just getting back to the studio today. I'm actually currently in uh, the airport in New York recording this, so that's why I'm a little bit quieter than normal and uh, why the audio um, you know, isn't up to its normal standards. But uh, to me, it's all about getting the content out there, and I want to make sure that I'm getting the content to you guys that I promise to you week after week. Rain or shine, vacation or not, it doesn't matter. I want to make sure I'm getting this off to you guys. So um, this one, again, I'm going to be a little bit more succinct with it because i got to catch my flight in about a half an hour, so i got to be pretty quick with this one. But I'm going to actually edit it on the flight, and then uh, I'll make sure I launch it on my uh, connection. All right, so what do we got going on this week? This week, we have a really well-known book, Episode 37, The 4-Hour Workweek, Escape the 9-to-5, Live Anywhere, and Join the New Rich by Tim Ferriss. So I know a lot of you guys have very likely heard of this book. Um, Very simply, as the subline puts it, um, this really is about escaping the 9-5, and Tim Ferriss has done that. Now, I want to preface here for you guys that there's some stuff that you can take from this book, especially take from this episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, that can apply to you even if you're not trying to escape the 9-to-5. I'm sure this book is definitely for that person who wants to get out of the 9-to-5 work, but at the same time, there's some really good golden nuggets here that will absolutely apply to you if you're in a business and you are perfectly happy there and you want to stay there and you just want to become more effective, uh, more efficient. There's some really good takeaways here. So I can't wait to break into this one for you guys, so let's get right into it. Golden nugget number one, take immediate action and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So most people spend too much time planning and strategizing about what they want, but they don't take enough action. That's a problem. And the reason for not taking action is that the hard work associated with achieving success, it's intimidating. And so many people just never get started because of the intimidation factor. The whole notion around, I'll do this tomorrow. If you want to change, you have to forget that sentence and you need to start taking action today. And to help you take action today, you're going to have to enter into a realm of being uncomfortable a little bit scared, yes, stressed, self-conscious, all of those things. That's just a part of building your success muscle. Now, staying within your comfort zone, it allows you to constantly lie to yourself so you can maintain your blind faith that everything is going to be good someday, somehow. This false optimism is actually mental weakness that keeps you from progressing on your goals. It's a powerful statement. Now, one of the best quotes I took away from this book was, what we fear doing the most 
is often exactly the thing we should do to turn our dreams into reality. What it comes down to is, what do you have to lose when taking some risks here? Making that cold call, proposing that new campaign, approaching that client about a referral, about a new approach. What's keeping you from taking all that action? The fear of rejection? And what happens if you get rejected? Your pride hurts? Come on, you guys. Take action and start on the path to growth and improvement. This whole idea of take immediate action and get comfortable with being uncomfortable is a big piece to the four-hour work week. If you want to create some change in your life, you're just going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Golden nugget number two, aim for effectiveness, not efficiency. Now, time is a terrible indicator for your level of productivity. Spending a lot of time working doesn't necessarily mean you're productive or you're doing the right things. Now, productivity is kind of an odd thing to measure for office workers. We usually look at the time people come into the office and what time they leave as an initial indicator, but it's not an accurate indicator for efficiency. It's easy to just come into work and do the things that aren't high payoff activities, and what that does, it takes up your whole day. So you feel like, hey, I accomplished something today. I was busy all day. Eight hours? I was here. I was in the office. I was busy. That doesn't necessarily mean you were productive, though. The most effective people focus on being productive, which means getting as much done as possible with as little work as possible. Now, Tim Ferriss says that there is no point to concerning yourself with efficiency, which is all about getting tasks done as fast as possible, when you're busying yourself with unimportant tasks all day. Your energy and attention needs to be on those tasks that will only bring you closer to your personal goals and your dreams. Focusing on the important things is all about following the 80-20 rule, where 20% of your work produces 80% of your results. The rest usually doesn't have as much impact on your results. They're tasks that just need to be accomplished. You need to do these things as part of your job. So make good use of your day by setting aside time for the most important tasks that will move you forward. Now this point also raises an interesting question around how to optimize your time by delegating tasks to others so you have more time for the important stuff. This is a major fundamental to the four-hour work week. Ferris is a big advocate of using virtual assistants, for example. Myself, I love outsourcing all of my work. So for example, I outsource a lot of my work to designers because I don't want to, I know Photoshop, but I don't necessarily want to do Photoshop. I send my stuff out to editors so editors can update and, and edit the podcast, for example, or edit my writing, edit my work. People who are far more efficient at doing things than I am, I send it off to them because not only are they more efficient, but they're more passionate about it than I am. So you know what? I'm not as passionate about design or editing. They are. So I give it to them. Delegation is a big piece. So again, aim for effectiveness, not efficiency. Golden nugget number three, double down on your strengths. Emphasize strengths and don't focus on fixing all your weaknesses. Most people, they're good at a handful of things and utterly miserable at most. It's far more lucrative and way more fun to leverage your strengths instead of attempting to fix all the chinks in your armor. The choices between multiplication of efforts using strengths or incremental improvement fixing weaknesses that will at best become mediocre. Focus on better using your best weapons instead of constant repair. Now this is a process of self-discovery where you look at your life and ask yourself what you're good at. It requires you to be very self-aware and definitely requires you to have some thick skin because it's important to realize what you're not good at and some people aren't ready for that yet. Now you might want to ask your peers, clients, coworkers, and family what you're good at. Get their opinions, get their thoughts. It doesn't mean you have to believe them, but it's good to get that extra stimulus, that other opinion from them. By asking them, it'll help provide more context for you. Now whatever it is you believe you're best at, double down on it. 
Meaning, how can you do more of this? How can you make a business out of this? How can you expand your business by focusing more on this? Don't waste time with your weaknesses. Just focus on exploiting your strengths. Now, this was a big lesson for me, actually. And over the years, I, I came to this realization on my own was that I was very passionate about marketing. I was very passionate about sales. Um, not so much about account management, though. And account management was a big piece to what I was doing. I didn't like necessarily working with clients on helping them develop account management programs, but I did it anyways. But you know what? It wasn't something I was passionate about. It wasn't something I was great at. So I cut that out and I focused more on the things that I was passionate about, more about the things that I was great at. And because of that, I gave more time to those things. And because I gave more time to those things, I was just happier. And you know what? More of my clients were happier with those results than they were at the account management stuff. Not to say I was terrible at account management. The account management stuff was good, but you know what? It certainly wasn't great. I'm far more likely to put more time, more effort, more research into sales and marketing strategies and account management strategies. So again, that's the realization that I made. And let me tell you, I'm not done yet. There's so many more realizations that I have to make over time, but it's important for you to do the exact same thing as well too. What are you great at? Find what you're great at and double down on that. And last, but certainly not least, golden nugget number four. Create a product or a service that can grow without you needing to trade time for revenue. Now this is something that is collected from multiple sections in the book that I feel everyone needs to know about. How to create your own product or service that is vastly more advantageous than your competitors. This is the best way to fuel a future for yourself, whether you're trying to escape the nine to five or if you're trying to create more predictable revenue for your business. Now, Tim Ferriss, he brings his own experience to the book in terms of how to do it, which borrows a lot of concepts from the Lean Startup, which I featured in episode 22 of Cut the Crap Podcast. So absolutely go back to episode 22, listen to the Lean Startup episode, and you'll get a lot of the context um, for how to create your own product, your own service, how to test it. Um, and a lot of those principles are directly tied to the four-hour work week. Now, after reading the four-hour work week, I found it difficult to actually walk away and actually understand how to build something different. Um, while it was good, I feel like there was a lot of gaps in there and it made it a little bit more difficult for me to understand exactly how to do it. So I'll give you a couple takeaways from my own experience that you can get started and you can take away something tangible. So first things first, you need some ideas to run with. So if you're creating a new type of service, you need to outline some exploration areas that you can dig into. So let's say you need ideas for a new type of legal service. You might want to explore service companies that are making money with subscription offers. You might want to explore what competitors like LegalZoom are doing and so on. You need to begin collecting inspiration from customers, competitors, futurists, so people who look into the future and have, um, you know, they made predictions and they're well known for making their predictions in terms of how industry trends are going, industry experts, unrelated industries, and you know what, even patent databases. All of those things you need to look for and leverage to inspire you to new ideas. And essentially that's the first process, it's coming up with ideas. So once you collect an assortment of information, you need to pick out the points of inspiration that inspire you the most and then ask yourself open-ended questions like, what if we could deliver law services online? Or how can we deliver law services across the world using software as a service? These types of questions, the what if or how can we, these questions will force you to think deeper and help you drive better ideas out of your brainstorming sessions. So once you have that idea, now enter in some of the information from episode 22 from the Lean Startup, which will help you develop it. It'll help you test it. It'll help you create a minimal viable product. It'll help you understand if there's a market for it. It'll help you understand how to price it and if there's demand in the marketplace for your product, your service, your offer at that price. 
So this is one that I want to put in tandem with Lean Startup. So definitely go back to that one and listen to that one as well too because I truly believe that the four-hour work week um, really leverages a lot of principles from the Lean Startup in terms of this idea of how to create a new product or a new service. Now this whole idea here, this is one of the core fundamentals of the four-hour work week. You need something to fuel a better future, whether it's a new product or a service. Now something else here to take away, you guys, is that if you're not interested in necessarily innovating and creating a new product or service, let's say you're an individual looking for a new product or service to sell, you can look at companies that are selling products or providing services that you can become a distributor of. There's a lot of companies out there that have, you know, they're selling soaps or selling candles or selling technology. Partner up with them and then use this process not to develop new products or services, but use this process of ideation, of creating new ideas to come up with new exciting ways to do marketing campaigns. That's something that I've helped out a lot of people with. Now, because I have a lot of innovation experience, and I don't know if a lot of people know that, but um, I actually worked directly with um, a chief inventor at Procter & Gamble who shared his process in terms of how he created products for Procter & Gamble. And he shared with me his process in terms of how he actually does it from start, uh, from the ideation phase to the development and delivery phase. So one of the things that I've helped companies with and helped organizations with is not only creating new products and services, but creating new campaigns using this process. So it's something I'm very passionate about, something I love doing. Um, so you know what? This is something that if you guys have any more questions on, definitely throw me an email and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions for you guys and give you a little bit of stimulus for thought to uh, maybe get you guys on your way to creating a new product, service, or maybe a new marketing idea. All right, my friends, there we have it, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Hope you guys enjoyed that summary. To me, there was, the book was long. It was a long book. It was an okay book. It was a good book. There's a lot of information around just different ideas in terms of time management. Um, you know, Tim Ferriss is a big advocate for cutting out a lot of waste in your day. You know, only touching email once, not focusing on email too much, not getting caught up in conversations in the office, those things that eat up your time that keep you from being as productive as possible. Um, despite all of those takeaways, to me, the most important ones were the ones that I focused this episode on. This, to me, are the ones that uh, you need to take away to help create change in your life. And I know, like I said at the very beginning, you know, the idea of escaping the nine to five, it's absolutely important. However, the four takeaways that I took away from this book, you cannot escape the nine to five unless you have these things in place. Aim for effectiveness, not efficiency, creating a new product, a new service, or a new offer, taking immediate action, getting uncomfortable with being comfortable, and of course, doubling down on your strengths. All four of those things, in my opinion, if you do them, that'll get you on the path to escaping the nine to five, or if you're happy with the nine to five, then it'll just help you become more productive and far more effective in your business. Again, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, and thanks for putting up with uh, some of the difficulties that I've been having over the past two weeks here with just the sound issues that we, I've been having, and I feel so bad for missing out on the interview last week. Uh, losing that data uh, really upsets me, but uh, you know what? I'll get Paul Weens on again. I know the man's an avid reader, so I'll definitely get him on again and feature the interview with him. But uh, again, I'm excited about the interview we have coming up on Thursday from somebody who actually read the four-hour work week and had a lot of great takeaways from that one, so I'm excited to get them on as well, too. But uh, I just really really appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, thank you so much you guys um, you know your loyalty and uh, you know the fact that you guys enjoy this and you guys send me messages over LinkedIn and over email while I was on vacation here really telling me that you guys appreciate the fact that I'm putting in the time on vacation uh, it truly means a lot to me and it just puts a big smile on my face so thank you so much for that you guys I really really appreciate you guys I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will catch you back here on Thursday with the interview but uh, until then, you guys, have yourselves a great week. We'll talk soon.
If you know exactly what you wanna be, you need to spend as much time with people that are actually that already. We become our standards in many ways. If you are surrounded by B players or average performers, and that is your standard, then your mindset will operate at the standard that is, that is offered to you by the people around you. I mean, we do become our social orbit. Don't allow anyone, friend, family, acquaintance, teachers, whoever it is, don't allow anyone to tell you that what you are dreaming for yourself and your family is not possible. It is possible. Don't be one of those people 20 years from now are going to be walking around in a 9 to 5 job, miserable and angry and bitter. What fear is stopping you in your tracks and burning the soles of your feet? What is conquering that fear, whatever it is, that keeps you from being what the Creator intended for you? What if you could unleash everything great in your life? Would you do it? Would you say yes to that? You will receive from the world who you become. But the doorway to success, I suggest to you, swings inward, not outward. And the best way to have a game-changing life, and the best way to have a world-class lifestyle, and the best way to change the world is to change yourself. I mean, we get from life who we become. To have the results of a game-changer, you need to start thinking and behaving like a game-changer. And that means thinking like a game changer, populating your mindset with the best books, with the best ideas, with the best conversations, behaving in ways that most people don't behave. Again, you want to have the results very few people have, you've got to start doing things that very few people do. Turn off the television, delete the naysayers, stop gossiping and start producing, eat better food, run longer runs, shift from a focus on what's not working to a focus on what's working. I mean, you really want to install a whole new series of mindsets and a whole new series of rituals that very few people are doing. In the end, uh, luck plays a very important part in how successful you are, but the harder you work and the longer you work, the luckier you're going to be. I've always thought that each person invented himself for whatever reasons, through whatever circumstance, through whatever he has gone through, that we are each a figment of our own imagination.